0: Pastor Roger, I loved what you said earlier about sometimes God gives us a spanking. And today's message is actually, oops, i got to get there. Train a child in the way he should go. That should be go, not God. Hey, sometimes God puts his own stuff in there, and I don't notice it. <laughs> couldn't, couldn't have been a flaw in me. But before I get started, it is Father's Day, right? How many, how many dads do we have in here? Could, would you stand up if you're a dad? A dad, a grandpa? Stay standing. Please stay, stay standing. Um, again, this is a special day. And Are you a dad... I get that. You had, you had your day. You just sit down. It's always instigating stuff. No, I love it. You men, and I, I don't necessarily understand how God looks at us, but I know that for whatever reason, He looks at the man as a powerful being. Someone that should represent Him. You are in the image of God. You are a father to so many. And, and as the, the one song said, you, you represent Him to everybody, not just your kids, your grandkids, your nieces, your nephews. And you have such a strong influence on people. Please don't take it lightly. Don't take that lightly. You men need to stand for Christ let people know who you are and who you represent and we would like to pray with you if you would give us that opportunity just extend a hand toward all the men standing if you would i'm going to pray father god we want to thank you for the love that you express toward us first through your son jesus christ and then we want to thank you for each one of these men who are standing lord these God-fearing men who you have placed in this time for such a day as this. Lord, we ask a special blessing on each one. And Lord, we pray that they would sense your presence in powerful new ways. Lord, that you would give these men prophecies, that you would give them visions and dreams, that they would lead their families well. And when it's all said and done, that they would hear those Famous words that we all want to hear. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Lord, whether fathers, grandfathers, or great-grandfathers, we pray that you would bless each one here today. Anoint them, Lord, with all that they need to lead their families and to lead this community or wherever they may live. And Lord, we ask you to supply their every need according to your riches, we pray this all in Christ's name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Thank you, men. Give me a hand again. Hallelujah. So today I wanted to do something and and Michael, I need the I need it back there again so I can see it. Thank you. Um, it it's just one of those strange messages, because I, I've done two weeks on the Holy Spirit, and I thought I was going there this week, but two weeks ago, the Lord said, "No, I want you to do something different on Father's Day. I want you to share some of your experiences as a dad and as a grandfather. And how many grandfathers do we have in here? I'm not going to have you stand. Any great-grandfathers? Couple? Over there? Four? All right. Man, I didn't know I was in such good company. I'm almost one. I've got probably about a month to go, and I'm going to be a great grandfather. I'm like, how can that be? I'm so young. Yeah, right. Today I want to talk about what it means to raise your children, what it means to discipline them in the ways of God. And by the way, I'm going to do a, a small portion of this again next week at the beginning. It's going to be a two-parter next week. I'm going to do a little bit on discipline, and then I'm going to shift over to another topic uh, toward the end. And you'll see that if you're here. So I'm going to skip that one part today that is probably a little bit of a hot topic But I'm still getting into the idea of training your children up in the way that they should go. So, what's the most important thing for dads to realize? And by the way, if you're a mom, I recognize that today there are some people who are carrying both roles. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit later. But I just want you to know, we get it. I don't... How do I want to put this? My heart goes out to you because I know how exhausted I was and there were two of us. Right? Look at those little smiley faces. Aren't they so cute? You don't believe it. (laughs) They had their moments, right? But they also had their moments. And I don't know how we would have done it if we hadn't had each other as we raised our kids. So if you're raising your kids alone, God bless you, you got to look up. Otherwise, they won't survive. And you won't either. So if that's you today, I'm going to hit both sides. There's going to be something in here for everybody. And if you're a young person, maybe you'll take this out somewhere, you know, you're a little young now, but maybe when you have kids, you'll be able to use this, hopefully. I believe it's solid. Everything I say here today, I'm going to try to back it up with Scripture. But first, the very first thing that men need to do, and I've already talked about it a little bit, is what? 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 Look up. Show your family that you love the Lord. First and foremost, if you're not doing that, then you're missing it. And so is your family. They need to see that you're going after God with all your heart, your soul, your body, and your mind. That pretty much means everything, right? Jesus was asked, what is the greatest command of God? And His answer was, A question what do you say it is (laughs) Jesus he's so sneaky in a good way though you know he can get away with it because he's God what do you say it is and the young man and I'm going to put it up behind me he said you must love the Lord your God with all your heart your soul all your strength and all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself so love God love your neighbor who's your neighbor we've I actually did a message on this a while back. Just look to the person next to you. Right now, that's your neighbor. When you're at home, it's your kids. They're your neighbor. Wherever you're at, whoever those people are in your sphere of influence, that's your neighbor. So who are you supposed to love? Everybody. Right? If they're human, if they're breathing, then they were created in the image of God and they should Receive your love. And what was Jesus' response to this? He said this. You are right, Jesus told them. Do this, and you will live. Okay, I'm done. I could be. Those are the two greatest commands. Love God, love people. Right? Do this, and you will live. What did he mean? Eternal life? Life in abundance? Yep. When you do things God's way. Who was it? Just leave it to Cheryl. Love you, Cheryl. When you do things God's way, it brings a blessing into your home. It brings. Peace into your home. It brings all of the attributes attributes of God into your home So do it God's way go after him with all your heart your soul your body your mind with it all and Love your neighbor as yourself. Can I get a good amen? Amen. Do this and you will live what does it mean to do this and you will live and and I just put this up there It means to love the Lord with a sold-out attitude. That means nothing else takes precedent over your relationship with the Lord. Right? Is that what your family sees? And I'm, I'm aiming at the men, but this is for everybody. Is that what your family sees? Do they see that strength in you? When you're hurting, do they see you going to the Lord? Do they see you asking for help? From godly people. What kind of life do you live? Because you are being scrutinized by your teenagers, by your elementary age children, by your little toddlers. And this may be weird, but when... If Sarah was in here, I'd point her out. When that little baby's in your tummy, in the womb, at seven, eight months, that little baby hears your conversation. You know that, right? You're influencing that child even at that young age before they're even born. They know who you are. Men, they hear how you treat your wife before they're ever born. And you actually put things in them, godly things hopefully, before they ever come out and enjoy the first light of day. That's pretty amazing if you ask me. Show everyone in your family that you love God and that you want them to experience His love. That should be our number one goal is that all of our family experiences the Lord's love. You brought up, or Aaron brought up, he's gone, the prodigal. And that's just such a powerful message. That the father saw him coming from the distance, which tells me he was looking. He was waiting for his son to make right choices and to come back. And that's how God does it with us. And that's how we should do it with our children. When they blow it, when they mess up, and I'm not talking when they're 5, I'm talking like when they're 15, when they're 25, we should be looking for them to come back and forgive them with just as much gusto as the Father in that story. Because that's what God did for us. He forgave us unconditionally of all our sin. And if we blow it, He welcomes us back again. Just as long as we keep coming back. Hallelujah. If we don't show our family how to love God and our neighbor, then people are going to be immoral. Hmm. People will not cherish the lives of others. Hmm. Any of that going on these days? What does that tell us, church men? In the church, what does it tell us? I propose that the reason wickedness is so rampant today is because we, I'm not picking on you individually, I'm saying we, aren't doing our jobs leading our families to the Lord. Showing them the right way to live. Perhaps if we taught our kids about the Lord, they would in turn gain a respect for human life. Wouldn't that be wonderful? By teaching them godly morals, they would gain the direction that they're all so desperate to know and understand. They don't know where to go. They don't know where to turn. The world's saying there is no God. The world's saying do your own thing, do whatever you feel like, If you feel like being somebody different, then be somebody different. Don't be who God made you to be. Because they don't have direction. By letting our children do whatever they feel, regardless of what the Bible teaches, that leads to moral chaos. And we're seeing it all around our society today. Men, (laughs) and I believe this is the Holy Spirit saying this, let us take up the mantle of God and instill the fear of the Lord in our children. And and by that, please don't misunderstand that old concept. It's scriptural, but don't misunderstand it. That doesn't mean when your kids get up in the morning that they should be fearing that God's going to step on them like a bug. That's not what it means. It means that you have so much respect for the Lord and for His ways that you wouldn't do it. You wouldn't think about doing it another way. That's what it means to have the fear of the Lord. And we need to instill that in our children, our grandchildren, and our great-grandchildren. And I believe this, that even if the church were to do what it's called to do today, just with our families we would see an immediate difference in this world as we know. That's right. <laughs> only God's way is the right way. That's right. Yes. There is no other way. We all have our own ideas, but only God's way is the right way. I want to go back, I want to read from one of the prophets, the prophet Jeremiah. I'm going to read from Jeremiah 17, and I'm going to read verses 7 and 8 to start with. Blessed are those who trust in the Lord. Say that part with me. Blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. How cool is that? This is what men and women should be doing if they represent God's kingdom. They are like trees planted along a riverbank. You get that picture? I'd like to be there right now. (laughs) Along the riverbank with a spinnerbait. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Again, picking on Aaron, earlier he said his 401k was tanking. Well, whatever mine is, it's probably doing the same. I don't even look anymore. It's too scary. That should not concern me. This should. When we are trans- planted like trees along the riverbank for God, because we put our trust and our confidence in Him, He will ensure that we have everything that we need. That's right. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. And, and I believe that what this is referring to, because the Old Testament talks a lot about bearing fruit. It's talking about children, a legacy. Who's following us? Who's coming up behind us? Who do our kids look like? Do they look like Jesus or Satan? know that's harsh but it's true and I don't mean appearance on the outside I'm talking about heart stuff men let your family see that you trust in the Lord that your confidence is in him and he will make sure that you are planted like a tree along the riverbank you'll have nothing to worry about now we need more trees right how do we do that as a church we train up the people that are coming to the Lord we teach them the Lord's ways we have numerous people in this church right now that are fairly new believers we help them along the path. Does it take time? Yep. Is it work? Yep. Should we be doing it? Yes. Jesus said, the harvest is ripe, but the laborers are few. Call upon the Lord of the harvest and ask Him to what? Loose the laborers. Say that with me. Loose the laborers into the harvest. We need more harvest people. This is all part of God's plan to use the church to raise up God-fearing people. And once these new believers get hooked into Jesus and they start living for the Lord on their own and they start raising their families, it multiplies. That's what we want to see. But it has to start right here with us. We can't say, well, I don't know why the church isn't doing this today. You are the church. June, Nola, you are the church. I'm picking on you. Nola's going to leave. (laughs) I wouldn't pick on it if I didn't think you could handle it. I think I skipped something here. Hang on a second. Oh, there it is. We need more trees. No matter where you are planted, you will bear fruit. On the other hand, did you know this? The human heart cannot be trusted. Oh, my dirty old wicked heart. Jeremiah, the next two verses. The human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. <laughs> That's kind of an indictment, huh? We're seeing it. Without God, mm, it's rough out there. Who really knows how bad it is? (laughs) We're starting to see. But I, the Lord, search all hearts and examine secret motives. I give all people their due rewards according to what their actions deserve. There is going to be a day of judgment. Everybody's going to give an account for the things that they've done, the things they've said, the way that they live their life. God knows you. And He's the only one that does. So whenever you are in your closet, your prayer closet, listen to the Holy Spirit, listen to what the Lord's saying to you. If He's calling out some things in your life, what should you do? Listen. Acknowledge it. Say, Lord, what do I need to do? How do I change this in me? This, this wicked heart. Help me, Lord, to be pure. Help me to be a lover of things of God, not worldly things. Does that make sense? And it goes back to that being sold out thing. The human heart is most deceitful of all things, desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? But I, the Lord, search all hearts and examine secret motives. I give all people their due reward according to what their actions deserve. Every single one of us needs to take this to account. And when you are praying, you need to ask the Lord, is there something in me, some wicked tendency that needs to be removed? And I don't mean to put my family up there at this point, but look at those cute little faces. Look at the guy on the right. Andy, will you come up here? He wasn't in here early. I was going to pick on him earlier, but this is the little boy on the right. Only now, he's 40 years old. Can you believe that? Does this look like, look at that little grin and he always had a grin like that. He, he just was such a cute little kid. And the one on the left is the same way and he's on the other end of the room helping in children's. They change. He, now he's a handsome young man. And now here's the coolest part. He has two of the most beautiful little girls. Mm-hmm. He and his wife, Sarah. And when I get around them, I just get blessed because they're always pouring into them. Is it work? Yeah. <laughs> of course. I wanted to ask him if it was more work than raising him, but he wouldn't know that. Probably not. Probably not. That would be my answer. But you are a good example of a good dad. And you love your family, you love the Lord, and you show them the right way. And I just wanted to point that out. So, love you. And he made me my own personal soap for Father's Day. So. Ah, I smell good. Yeah, it is. I'm sorry. Here's the thing. Children must be taught. They don't learn this stuff on their own. Somebody has to teach them how to live right. Would you say that with me? Some of you got it. Just remember that. If if you're just letting your kids grow up and you're not pouring into them, what do you think the outcome is going to be? And I'm not trying to beat anybody up here. Please hear my heart today. Hear God's heart today. Because I do feel that this was from Him. The Lord wants His people to be blessed. But if you're living for the devil, you're not going to have that blessing. But if you teach your family to follow the Lord, and listen, even if you just have a little part in their life, grandpas, come on. We can teach these kids. Let them see how you live. Even if their home structure isn't godly, you can still show them the way. And if you plant seed, God will bring fruit to that. Don't think, oh, well, they're in an ungodly home. Yeah. So what? You can't do anything about that. But what you can do is when they're with you, show them Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The writer of Proverbs said this. Proverbs 22, 6. Direct your children onto the right path, and when they are older, they will not leave it. Will you read that with me? Direct your children onto the right path, and when they are older, they will not leave it. How simple is that? And yet, do we do it? Do we help our kids get on the right path? What is the right path? The right path is God's path. (laughs) There's no other way. Where do you find it? In the Bible. You want to know God's path? Read your Bible. Hallelujah. Familiarize yourself with what's in between those pages. You'll know what God expects and you'll know how to teach your children and grandchildren properly. Now hear this part. Again, children do not do what is right on their own. If you ever go into a nursery, our nursery, and you watch those little infants, maybe not the baby babies because they're still not there yet, but when they hit about one-ish and they start reaching two-ish, Man, the devil can come out of them so fast. Mine! Right? Or, let go of the cat's tail. They just like hearing it scream. Where's that come from? The heart is wicked. You need to impress on them that you don't pull the cat's tail. You don't pull the tongue out of your German shepherd. (laughs) Something's going to happen, and you're not going to like it. We need to show our kids God's way, or they'll never know it. Years ago, at first I wasn't going to share it, and I thought, you know what, I didn't ask her either, so hopefully she doesn't get mad at me. My granddaughter, years ago, years ago, right? She was like six-ish, five, three, four. I'm, I'm getting the message back there. <laughs> At least it's not this yet. It'll come. And it was Christmas time, and we had gotten uh, pajamas for the kids. And when Audrey came down, and she didn't have pajamas on yet. And we thought, oh, it would be cool. We'll give her a present. And we put it in front of her. She opened it. I don't want them. <laughs> and I'm just like, whoa. How do you think we felt? They hurt, right? I mean, we, they were nice pajamas, we thought. Could she use them? Absolutely. Did she really want them? Obviously Not. Was that the right way for her to respond to Papa O and Mima? Uh Uh-uh. Because what we said was fine. And we took them from her, and we put them upstairs. And a little bit later, she came down, and Mom was with her, and and she said, Audrey wants her pajamas now. And and we both said no. Were we harsh? Uh Uh-huh. But we were frustrated. We were hurt. I'm not telling you to do this. I'm just telling you what we did. And we felt at that moment she needed to be kind of shaken up a little bit to understand that, look, you need to thank people when they bless you with something. It doesn't matter if you don't like it, just put that happy face on and just say thank you. It's that simple. Teenagers, learn this. Come on. Come on right some of you adults you need to begin to thank people when they bless you because you weren't taught when you were little and guess what though here's the best part of this after that happened every present that we got audrey still to this day thank you Mima, thank you papa (laughs) it worked was it easy For us to do that. No. I didn't want to be the bad guy. But we both felt like this little girl needs a correction. And that's what it took. So is correcting easy? No it is not. Proverbs 3.12 says. For the Lord corrects those he loves. Pastor Roger. Just as a father corrects a child. In whom he delights. So let me ask you this, Dads. Do you love your kids? Most do you get the connection, the correlation? If God disciplines us because he loves us, do we need to discipline our children? Yes. Do we need to correct our children? Yes. And the idea, idea is is that if a child gets off their moral course, The parent does whatever is necessary to get him or her back on it. And I add, lovingly, of course. You don't want to beat the daylights out of them because that doesn't work. I didn't say don't spank them. I'll get to that next week. But I am saying, as our children grow up, there comes a point where hitting them's not going to do a thing. That's when you need to start talking things out. But I've watched some parents, and this is another aside, but I've watched some parents try to be the friend to their child. When your child is four, five, six, eight, whatever, they don't need a friend, they need a parent. They need somebody to show them the difference between right and wrong. If you do this, If you try to be your child's friend at that early age, what's going to end up happening is they're going to turn out to be really rebellious. Children who are raised like this, they don't learn respect. They don't learn to respect parents, God, or others. They need your correction. They need a parent, not a friend. Is that good enough? Anybody getting up and leaving? Oh, there goes Mike. He doesn't agree. I said this before. I know it's hard to be a parent. Wow, time's flying. You can't always be the good guy. How many like being the good guy? Or girl? Right? As grandparents. You know, kids come over, what do you do? Give them all the candy, all the ice cream they want. I gave the girls... I thought it was just a little bit last night. And Andy goes, man, Dad, that's like twice as much as I give them. And they ate half of it, so who knew? I mean, when I eat ice cream, Uh give me the half a gallon. Come on. (laughs) But everybody wants to be the good guy. However, sometimes parents need to be the disciplinarian, and that means that for a time, the child will not like you. In fact, they may even say hurtful things toward you like, I hate you. Anybody? It's not uncommon. And you have to suck it up and realize that this is what they need for that moment. If you don't correct their bad behavior, you're going to have major issues when they grow up. Parenting takes time, and it takes patience. Not a virtue that most men have. I know I'm one of them. You must be consistent when raising your kids. Let them know what's expected of them. Stick to your boundaries. Boundaries are things you set up beforehand. Not after, right? Once the kid does something wrong, it's too late. Show them the right way to begin with so they know what your boundaries are. And then, if they go outside the boundaries, then correction comes. How simple is this? If you have both a mom and a dad in the household, you have to both be on the same page, and this is so important. You want to confuse the daylights out of your kids? Let one of you do it one way and the other one do it another that's not right and it's not fair and it's not godly do it God's way come into agreement behind closed doors you don't have this conversation in front of your children how you want to raise them that should be something even and i recommend this even before you start having kids how are you going to raise them how are you going to work with that child that son that daughter what's the best way and and I'm the fr- every child is unique so what works for one may not work for another you have to discover whatever it is that is best for that child or children if you have a family but you have to stick to those boundaries that you've set there can be no compromises especially when it comes to the bigger moral issues you still with me or are you disagreeing about 3 of you said yes does that mean you don't agree? Yes, don't. Am I stepping on toes? You, you younger people are like, man, Dad, can we go? I'm just looking at you because you just you look awesome, man. You look like one of them surfer dudes. You got the hair going. <laughs> Is this your family, Ron and Mary? Awesome. Good-looking family. Please tell me, that. what's, what's your name, Dad? Ben. ben. Okay, I just wanted to make sure that you weren't one of those kids I knew back at Mount Hope in Lansing years ago. You weren't, were you? Good looking family anyway. Boundaries work. They did this study years ago, but they found out that when there's a fence around the playground, the kids would go right up to the fence and play. However, when they removed the fence, all the kids went to the center of the playground and they They didn't want to move out. They didn't want to experience the whole area. Why? Because boundaries bring safety or a feeling of safety. Boundaries help kids to feel safe. So when you as a parent give your kids boundaries, really what you're doing is you're helping them to feel safe. How many kids today need to feel safe? All of them. That's right. And where there are two parents in the home, if they're on the same page, it's a beautiful thing. And, and I put this up here. I wanted to find the WWE. But I look at it like tag team partners. When you have four boys, man, sometimes, you know, like I come home from work. Barb's been there all day with the kids. Look at, look at that face. Does she look tired? That's why I picked that picture. Sorry, Barb. And me, I'm just up there. (laughs) But we tag each other in. Do you guys ever do that? Huh? You work with your son, dad comes home, bing, your turn. That's a great thing. And it prevents the kids, and I use this term loosely, from being killed. (laughs) Because usually when you tag out, that means you're about ready to do something that CPS is going to be knocking on your door if you keep going. I love the harmony in a home when there are two of us. But I also recognize that not everybody has this luxury. There are single parents today. And your job is way more difficult. When you parent alone, the result can be purely exhausting at times. Any amens? When you parent God's way and your divorced partner parent's ungodly ways, that can really cause issues. What do you do with that? You don't give up. You stand on God's Word. Your lack of strength to stay in the fight for morality sometimes can lead to your giving in, thinking that, well, it'll be all right this time. I'll just let them have the moment, because I can't go on. They need you to be strong. Don't give up. Don't give in. Love them. Love them. I remember one time, and this was not as a parent, this was as a pastor. And I had a young man in our church, 12 years old, and I'm telling you, he was rough. He came out of a rough home. He, he, he came out of the inner city in Lansing. And he, he was losing it one day. And he was calling everybody names, and I won't say what they were here. Not nice names. And you know what I did? I didn't hit him. Did I want to? At first... But then the anointing got on me and the Lord said, just go up there and just hug him. I hugged him tight. And at first he started telling me, I'm going to sue you. I'm getting my attorney. You can't do this. I said, look, I'm just holding you until you calm down. I said, I want the best for you. And he finally did calm down. But it just took me being strong for him in that moment because he didn't know how. Sometimes that's what we have to do as parents is we have to be strong even though our kids just at the moment can't be. Hallelujah. When you feel like giving up, this again is, I guess it could go both ways, but I'm really referring to the single parents here. When you feel like giving up go to your bedroom look to your heavenly father and pray ask him to give you your strength to give you the help you need the support you need and remember the scripture I shared this last week Matthew 7 7 and 8 Seek and you will find knock and the door will be open ask and you will receive right this is pretty simple stuff and whether married or single children need to be taught the ways of god in the home you've got to show them they're not going to find their way on their own that's what we help them with if you let television do it or school or their peers look out there's going to come a reckoning a day of reckoning And it's not going to be pretty don't don't go that way you show them the way can I get a good amen Amen. now some of you might be new to Christ I'm getting close to the end raising moral children may not have even been on your radar and that's okay God can take what you have now who you've become recently and do miraculous things if you've heard our testimony i was 23 before i met the lord and at that point when i met the lord i was a selfish drunken angry dad we had two boys the the two on the wait a minute the two in the middle yeah we had those two and they were three and four at the time and i was miserable then i met jesus i became born again and my perspective changed i began to love my boys without the rage i was delivered from alcohol i began to love my wife in front of my boys and that created a safe space for our children so here's The next part of this. A strong marriage, if you're married, equals safe space for the children. Hear this. Mom and dad, if if you have issues with your kids, or this could relate to grandma and grandpa too, I guess, if you guys have an argument, what should you do? Duke it out in front of your kids? Go somewhere where they can't hear you, and kids have good hearing, right? So get somewhere, or put them in the room, let them watch a TV thing for the moment, a good one. Turn it up a little bit and have your conversation, but don't yell at each other. Don't, they shouldn't be hearing things breaking in the background and stuff like that, come on. Are you still with me? Believe me when I say this, no matter their age, your children know when you love and respect each other and when you don't. Right? right? When you have the respect for your kids and each other to take this somewhere aside where you can deal with it and come up with a good plan, a God plan. It brings peace into your home. But if you don't, if you fight in front of your kids all the time, and your kids are acting out, don't be surprised. They don't feel safe. And their heads are probably thinking, "Huh, when are mom and dad going to get divorced?" If you're new to Christ and married, this should be one of the first things that you overcome to be a a God-fearing family. Now, it is never too late to let God have his way. And I would conclude this by saying, not everything's going to be easy-peasy. If you're a new believer, without embarrassing anybody, if you're here today and, and you've been born again in the last, this year, let's say, or last year, if you've raised your family kind of in an ungodly way for the last 10, 20 years, maybe 30 for some of you, but now you're saved, now you're loving Jesus, now you're trying to live for Him, and you try to bring your kids into this, <laughs> well, it's not going to be easy. Because they're going to. what are they going to do? They're going to rebel. They're going to be like, what? Because they don't know what it is you have yet. Hopefully, you're going to help them get there. But until that point, it's going to be a little rocky, a little rough on the road there. My best advice is don't give up. You keep working on you. You keep praying for them. You keep guiding them as gently as you can if your kids are older. And eventually, and I believe this with all my heart, God will see your best efforts. You're drawing closer to Him. You're praying for your family. You're loving them as Christ loved the church. He can take that, change in you, and make a dynamic difference in your family. So again, don't give up. Instead, give the Lord space to move in your family. Who knows what He can do, right? Would you stand with me? Well, I've had 44 years as a parent. 44 years of experience. And I know some of you outrank me. But I believe the things that I've learned, they're good things. They're solid things. They're scriptural. And I would just ask, take this message and and just let the Lord move in your heart. Ask Him, Lord, what, what would You do in me What needs to change, if anything? Maybe you're the most amazing parent on the planet. Paul, I wanted to read your shirt again. Paul got this shirt, I'm guessing, from his daughter, and it says, I don't need Google. My daughter knows everything. (laughs) What does the Holy Spirit want to do in your family? And I've, I've called the men out, but I'm talking to everybody here today. I believe, men, you have an integral part of God's plan in the, His kingdom. But I also believe the women are equally as important. What can we do different? Would you pray this with me? Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me Enough to, discipline me
1: enough to discipline me when needed,
0: when needed. lord lord help me, help me. To, be a godly to be a godly person if i'm a parent help me to be a godly parent if i'm not quite there yet, not quite there yet. help me to help my parents to be good parents parents. and not to give them a whole lot of trouble. trouble. But today, Lord, Lord, I want to honor you you. with all my heart, all my my mind, all my my body, all my my strength. strength. Help me to be a strong tree, Lord, along the riverbank. I commit, I commit my life and my families, and my families. into your hands, your hands today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Is there a man in the room that has a, a word the Lord's been sharing with you? Not to disregard the ladies. I just felt like men are typically like, no, nah, I ain't saying that. But if the Lord's speaking to you right now. Don't be, a, don't be embarrassed. Just come up here and share it. Anybody? Hmm. All right. Father, we again ask you to bless this church family. It's a little different Sunday today. But Lord, we know that you are in charge. And we pray just a blessing, a rich blessing over our families, Lord. We pray for those who are raising their kids as single parents, Lord. Give them everything they need. Lord, help their their kids to see how hard their parents are trying. And Lord, to work with them. We pray that for every man in this room, Lord, you would just build them into powerhouses for Jesus. Lord, that we would lead our community, our families, our friends toward Jesus and not run them away from him. Help us to love people, Lord, as you first loved us. And Lord, I pray we would make a difference wherever we're planted, a godly difference, that our influence would be powerful, Lord, and that you would do amazing things in and through us. We love you today, and we commit this church and our people into your hands. Keep everybody safe, and they're coming and going. Again, we pray this all in the strong name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Amen. God bless you. We love you. Thanks for coming out today.